All right, everybody, welcome back to the End Times Podcast. Um, wanted to thank you all so much for coming back and listening. We've got a good episode for you guys today. I've got my good buddy, Ben, here. Uh, ben, if you want to say hi, hi to everybody. Um, so Ben is actually a guy that's in my fraternity here at Texas State. Um, me and him have had just great conversations over the past three or four weeks, I want to yeah. say. It's every Thursday we'll meet and, and we'll just talk. And so um, I thought, why not bring Ben on? He also has a calling to ministry, so we'll get more into that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are going to go ahead and jump into our prophetic part of the podcast, and then we'll jump into uh, Ben and um, the, co- the conversation we're going to have uh, with each other um, for the second half of this podcast. So let me go ahead and run the ad, and then we will go ahead and jump right into it. All right, so I couldn't find the ad to put in, so um, there's no ad. Anyway, uh, what we're going to be talking about today is something that's been going on um, over the course of last month um, and months leading up to it, and that is this great uh, peace treaty that the UN um, has decided to go ahead and um, have a have a summit about. They had one summit um, this past September um, from the 19th through the 23rd, I believe, that talks about this seven-year peace treaty. Um, which seven years, that's an interesting number. But anyway, um, we're going to jump right into this. It's going to be very interesting. I'm going to allow Ben, if he has anything to say about it, um, I'll let him jump in um, and, and see what he has to say about it. Um, but anyway, um, eschatology, uh, what is the study of eschatology? We've, we've talked about this before. It's, it's the study of the end times, um, but it's not just in Christianity. It's in all other forms of religion. Um, that eschatology is not just subscribed to Christianity, but but uh, you look at Islam, they have their ideas of the end of the world and um, other religions like um, Hinduism, Buddhism, those kind of things. That's this the studying of their their end time events that they claim are true. Um, that is eschatology. Um, but we all know that the Bible is the only one actual living book where prophecies are coming to life even today. Um You can open your Bible to Daniel, uh, open your Bible to Ezekiel, um, to the beginning parts of Revelation, uh, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. You can look at all those scriptures that we've gone through talking about um, the end times and the latter days, and we can all see where this world is going, where this world is heading, and how it relates so much to what this book, this Bible actually says. Um, so the prophecy that we're going to study is this great peace treaty that is mentioned in the book of Revelation, but not only in the book of Revelation, but it's mentioned in Old Testament books like the book of Daniel. Um, and it's very interesting that we can go back that far um, into the Old Testament and even see a um, prophecy that has not been fulfilled, but is starting to be fulfilled right in front of our very eyes. I mean, we're looking at 3,000 year old writings that have been saying this over 2000 years of writings that are saying these things. Um, but yeah, like I said, today we're going to discuss the UN general assembly that just took place um, and how they're trying to make this global seven year peace treaty within the, all the nations. Um, and so I have a document here um, that I'm going to pull up for you guys. And there was one in particular um thing that I found in this document that I found very interesting. Um, and I have to see if I had it highlighted. I don't think I had it highlighted. So I'm gonna have to jump through this as fast as I can for you guys. Um, but while I'm doing that, um, Ben, what do you think about this? Um, just them doing this in this peace treaty? Um, what, what, what is this? What stands out to you? Well, I mean, <clears throat> like you said, Revelation talks about how the you know, nations of the world will come together um, under one world order, one world religion. And I know that we'll get to that later, but um, I think it's, you know, a warning. Um, you also mentioned that uh, it's seven years if um, y'all have been reading. Um, how long is the tribulation period? Seven years. So I think there's like a lot of symbolism in that. Uh, we see symbolism um, in other places like the UN was kind of like a precursor to just seeing how different 
countries could unite um, and form peace among each other, which in and of itself is not bad. But of course, it does you know, clue us into um, looking at the bigger picture, looking at what's going on. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I just found the one thing in this. So they, so what they released on their website, the uh, the United Nations website, they released the um, PDF of basically everything they talk about in this meeting. Um, and if you guys want to, I will go ahead and put this link so y'all can look at it y- yourselves and see how um, crazy their minds are and how um, all of this relates to the Bible. I mean, it's I mean, it's almost like every single point could be talked about and there could be a verse that ties into it on a biblical level. Um, so point 20 is what I'm going to be reading right now. Sustainable development. This is the quote from the from the reading. Sustainable development cannot be realized without peace and security. Keep those two words in mind, peace and security. And peace and security will be at risk without sustainable development. We reaffirm the need to build peaceful, just, and inclusive societies that provide equal access to justice and that are based on the represent sorry, on the respect for human rights. Um, and I'm going to stop right there. Um, if we look in first Thessalonians five, three, it says for when they shall, for when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction come upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. So let's, let's break this verse down. When we talk about they, um, anytime the Bible refers, especially Paul, when he refers to a specific group of people as a they, it means they are talking about those that do not have the Holy Spirit in them, meaning the church, the believers of Christ. When he's talking about they, he's talking about unbelievers. So he's saying these, they shall not escape this sudden destruction. Now, what do we mean when we're saying destruction and sudden destruction? Well, the tribulation period, the last seven years on earth, is going to be a great time of turmoil and tribulation and trial and judgment against this world because of their evil doings. Um, you, you, I like to go back and look at the days of Noah and the things that they were doing um, when Noah was building the ark. Um, they were they were living the same way, the same lives we're living now. They are they are having orgies. They are um, murdering people. They are they are having same sex marriage. They're doing all these things that we're seeing in the world today. Um, that is just quite disgusting and evil. Um, and, and I think it's really interesting that they, that they put peace and security twice in this, um, little, uh, point here in point 20. Um, and so I want to move on to a verse here in Daniel nine twenty seven concerning this peace treaty. Um, this King will make a seven year treaty. There's that seven years again, with the people. But after half that time, so three and a half years, he will break his pledge and stop the Jews from all their sacrifices and their offerings. Then as a climax to all of his terrible deeds, the enemy shall utterly defile the sanctuary of God. So in the temple, but in God's time and plan, his judgment will be poured out upon this evil one. So we've talked about the antichrist before we've talked about what this means when this happens, it's the abomination that causes desolation. You can read about it in the book of Matthew. Uh, I believe it's Matthew 24 that talks about this. Um, It talks about the Antichrist making this covenant with Israel that um, no war is to be waged against it. He's going to protect Israel. He's going to do all these things. And then in three and a half years, he's going to go in there and this temple, this third temple that's going to be built. We've talked about this in previous episodes that he will go in there and he will declare himself to be God. And that is one thing the Jews are not acceptful, accepting of. Um, that's one reason why they didn't like Jesus was because he declared himself to be the son of God, which is true. But this guy, um, the guy that they've been waiting for 2000, over 2,000 years, um, once he goes in there, they're going to realize, oh, this he's not supposed to be doing that. This Jesus guy was right. He was telling us all along. And, and and they're gonna escape. They're gonna they're gonna flee from um, from Israel. So if you look at if you look at uh, Revelation nineteen eleven through twenty one, it says, "Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. 
The one sitting on it was called Faithful and True, and the righteousness he judges make and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many dadims, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe, dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in, lin in fine linen, white and pure, were, fo were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, and he will tread a wine prep tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of the God Almighty. Wow. I mean, that's powerful right there. So this, this is, this is just absolutely powerful. So right here, he will rule with a rod of iron. That's powerful. What's one thing we know about iron? Iron is not easily broken, right? Mm -hmm. It's firm. It's firm. It's strong. Yeah, it's one of the strongest metals. Um, all it does, if it rusts, it still um, retains its, you know, its strength. You ever had a rusty nail? It's just as hard as a normal nail. Yeah. Um, with this being said, this is what Christ is going to do. Christ is going to overthrow this Antichrist, and he's going to rule, and he's going to show all these nations that he is the one that they should have been turning to and not this Antichrist. Right. And what if y'all, what, what if y'all are, are, are asking this question? What if we're being deceived already? Deception. What if we're already falling for um, the lies of this world and the things that, um, that are being thrown at us that are deceiving people? We, me and Ben had a great conversation earlier about deception and how deception is kind of blurring in the lines of certain things. Um, to make people seem confused. I mean, deceptions out of confusion and yep. um, out of out of out of out of context things. Um, and and Ben, I would like you to expound on this before we get into our next verse. What do you have to say about deception? What it means to be deceived? Well, so what did the devil do? The first thing he did in the Bible, he asked Eve, who at that name at that time, fun fact, wasn't called Eve yet. She was just referred to as the woman. She didn't receive the name Eve until after her identity fall, fell outside of God alone when they were cast out. But anyway, um, what did the devil say to Eve originally? He said, did God actually tell you not to eat from the tree? Did he actually say you can't eat? Um, did he really say whatever? Um, that's planting doubt in our minds. That's deceiving our minds to say, you know what? Maybe this indulgence isn't so bad because is it really wrong? You know, like if I have premarital sex, is it really that bad if I'm going to get married anyway? Um, all these things, um, you know, the devil just tries, he takes what's God's and corrupts it. He tries to twist it against God and against you. Um, when he deceives Eve, um, that leads to the fall of man. Um, about deception, he got doubt in her mind. He, she was deceived. In fact, when Adam pleads to God, he says, please, I was deceived. I didn't know what I was doing. This woman deceived me. Mm. That's the verse in there somewhere. It's um, in like Genesis, like one or two, I think. Um, and it's just a testament that that same doubt that the devil planted in us from the beginning of time is still in us prevalent today. You'll see it in, you know, false media. You'll see it in um, false propagations of different things. It's just... Um, I mean, the devil doesn't stop doing what the devil does and deception is meant to tear us apart. It tore, um, you know, it created distrust between Adam and Eve. It creates distrust between us, um, between nations, between families, all that. Yeah. So with, with all of that being said, I mean, if you look in second Thessalonians two, uh, verses three through eight, we talked about this last podcast. Uh, we actually went through these verses. 
Um, it says, don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed. The man doomed to destruction, he will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, we were just talking about this, proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things? And now you know what is holding him back so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so until he is taken out of the way, and then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus Christ will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. Right there. Mm -hmm. I mean, we that last verse we just read in Revelation uh, 19, and then we talked about this last podcast, um, what is holding him back? The church. The church is holding back the Antichrist from revealing himself, guys. Yep. And the only way for him to be revealed is if the church is taken out of the way. Harpazo, rapturus in the Greek. Um, harpazo in the Greek, rapture. That's what that is. That's the rapture verse. That's one of the many rapture verses that we have in our Bible that means that the tribulation can't start until the rapture is taken out of the way. I cannot expound on this enough. There's so many people that have argued this for the longest time and there's no way i mean paul is saying it here guys and he's getting this it, this is this holy spirit speaking through paul saying that once the church is taken out of the way then the antichrist can be revealed so this man the antichrist will make this peace treaty with israel after the rapture of the church and with deception he will seem like a rescue and a messiah but later this man will claim and declare himself to be God and a ruler and mocking Jesus, the true Messiah. Because if you look in Revelation, it talks about a mortal head wound on his head um, that he received, which means he's going to die, the Antichrist is. And then he's going to what? Mock Jesus and resurrect through the power of Satan, through satanic powers. Satan will rise him again. But for this reason, we need to know what is happening in the world. Mm -hmm. We need to have discernment. We need to watch and see the things that are happening because if we're seeing these people try and make this peace treaty, how far off really are we from having the Antichrist be revealed? I mean, it's absolutely crazy. Um, I mean, I didn't think I was going to be able to see this. I'm, I guarantee you, our parents didn't think they would be they would be able to see this in their lifetime, um, and our grandparents the same way. Um, but this is why I feel like God has been calling me to be a watchman and to discern all these things that are happening in the world because we need to warn people of what uh, it is that is happening, and that's why you're tuning in. That's why you're listening to this podcast because God has also put this on your heart to listen to these things. And, and and to discern these things so that whenever you guys see something that's happening, you're like, ah, that doesn't seem right. And then you flip over your Bible, Bible and then you're like, oh, well, that's why. Because my Bible said mm -hmm. that this was going to happen. So Ezekiel 3.17, son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. So right there, what we're called to do, if you are called to be a watchman and a discerner, of the truth and the things that are happening in this world, be a watchman. If you feel so called to this this type of ministry, then take full stride on this calling. Look it up. I, I talk about this app that I have all the time. It's called the End Time Headlines app. They give you headlines and they and they and they explain it to you through a biblical lens, and then you'll be able to discern it better. Um, don't hide your gift from the world. If your gift is to ministry, if it's to music ministry, if it's to talking to people, whatever it is, God's given you a gift for a reason. You need to show the world that these things are happening. And not only that, you need to warn the world. Um, and sometimes this, this type of doctrine, this type of ministry um, turns people to Christ yep. because they are scared. These people are like, well, what do I do? What do I do? How do I, how do I make sure I'm not going to be a part of this? Like, how do I make sure that I'm not going to be in this world when all this stuff happens? And then you give, you give your life to Jesus. We do the ABCs of salvation, um, every once in a while on this podcast and, 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 and any more, uh, the, an even better time than now is, is to, is to come to Christ. 
um, because I'm going to use an analogy. It's like a train and the train has a certain time it's going to departure and it will never come back uh, to the stop to pick up these people again. And it's, 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 it's the Jesus express and you're, and it wants as many people on this train as possible, but eventually this train's going to go and, and, and it's not going to come back and save you. Um, it'll come back, but it'll, it'll come back in the form of, of, of Armageddon and the, def- the destruction of evil. Um, and so with this being said, um, what a better time than now is to come to Christ. If you guys don't know the ABCs of salvation, I normally share it at the end, but this is a great time to share it. The A is for admit. Admit that you are a sinner and that you have fallen short of the glory of God and that the only way to a true and living life is by following Christ. That's the first one is admit. B is believe in your heart. It's the, one of the most important, probably the most important one is believing that Christ died on that cross for your sins got buried and rose again three days later. And the great thing is, is he's coming back. But whenever you become a Christian, you have to do another thing. And that's the C and that's confess. It's confessing your sins, confessing the wicked things that you've done and repenting of them. And what does repentance mean? It means, it means to turn away from it, mm-hmm. to not go back. It means to acknowledge the sin that you have committed and strive for um, not returning to that sin. Um, and I know it's very hard. It can be a very hard thing to do. I mean, there's some sins that I struggle with that I'm trying to turn away from, and it's hard for me to break. But it's the fact that if we keep acknowledging this sin, and we keep noticing it's not right, and that we need to turn back, God's going to find a way to get us out of that sin. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to end this segment. In the next segment, we're going to talk to Ben. Um, we're going we're gonna to dive into some some scripture together. And we're just going to have a good biblical conversation about Christ and about the Bible and what is true. All right, guys. So welcome back to the second half of this episode. So in this second half, me and Ben are going to be diving into the word a little bit. Um, Ben has a little something prepared um, for for you guys today. We're going to be talking about how God can always find a way for, for you guys. So um, Ben, if you want to jump right into it, um, and, and kind of introduce yep. this topic and, um, and why, why you chose this topic. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, recently it's been really put on my heart to, you know, show people how God fights for us. He, um, wants us to earnestly seek after him, but he, he wants us in his kingdom. Jesus talks about, um, how the Father desires all to be in His house um, in John's Gospel. So, um, yeah, it's just been really put on my heart recently. Um, I mean, He took after me. I turned away a number of times. Like um, when I was 15, um, I got depressed and I was um, severely depressed for. Um, about eight to 10 months. Um, I had doubts in my faith. I wanted to convert to different faiths. I was looking around. Um, that summer I had a, you know, um, kind of like inklings of a God encounter. Um, and yet I still turned back away, fell into my like worldly desires. I I wasn't depressed anymore, but I was still just like giving into flesh and whatnot. Um, the next year, the same thing happens, but around January, I start having these inklings like, Ben, you've been like living for the world. You've been lukewarm. You've been paying God lip service. You need to get right with God and know God. Um, and he just worked on my heart so, so much over a long period of time. Um, but even in all of my doubts in what I didn't want to when I didn't want to step into what God had for me, he still prepared the way for me and worked all the different um, ways that I turned away from him for the good of how he's using me now and how he's going to use me in the future. So the first um, example of this I want to get to is in Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 through 12, which I'm going to read. 
Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, meaning he doesn't have um, good speech. He doesn't um, choose the greatest words, etc. Neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue, meaning he has a stutter. Um, Moses had a stutter. He had a difficult time getting his words out. He had a difficult time um, constructing sentences. Um, the Lord's, this is in verse 11, the Lord said to him, who gave humans their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who makes them sight, see, or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. Moses continues to say, you know, I still can't do this. But as we know, God still makes a way for him. He appointed Moses to, you know, lead his people, um, lead his people out of slavery in Egypt. And, um, you know, he gives Moses this um, quip when Moses asked, who, who am I supposed to say sent me? He's like, I am sent you, Yahweh. Um, that's God saying, I am past, present, future. I, the God of forever, sent you, Moses, to go save every or bring all of my people out and bring them to safety. Um and yeah, Moses had a stutter. He had social anxiety. He wasn't good with words. He didn't really know how to handle himself. Um, earlier in um, the book of Exodus, he actually killed a couple Egyptians and then ran away. Um, so this dude has messed up a lot, but God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And that's what I want to get to in my next example of scripture which if you're following along you can go to the book of jonah um, chapter one verses two and three god is speaking to jonah and he says go to the great city of nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me verse three says but jonah ran away four words but Jonah ran away. He ran away from the Lord and went to Tarshish. He went to Joppa, hopped on a ship and left. And we know that he gets swallowed by the whale, spit up. He runs away again and then eventually comes back, does what the Lord has for him. Jonah straight up ran away from what God called him to do. If you ever feel like there's a time when God has called you to go pray for that person you know, go spread the scripture, serve in the church some way. Um, just go help out your buddy on a weekend when you're, you know, trying to have some personal time, but they just really need some help. Um, God's calling you to be in service of others. It's important to have your time, but it's more important to sacrifice, to deny yourself in order to follow what um God has called you to do. Jonah runs away, physically runs away from what God has called him to do, and yet still um, is faithful to the Lord eventually because the Lord sook after him and said, no, Jonah, I'm going to put you in that well, and we're going to get you to the other side, and I'm going to get you over there, and you're going to go minister to these people because they need it. They absolutely need it, and I need you to be the one who goes to them. Um, my next verse is, um, I'm not going to read this exactly, but second Samuel 24, 14, if you want to read it, basically this is just where, um, David betrays God. Um, David betrays God, a ridiculous amount. Um, he of course has the affair with Bathsheba. He kills her husband. Um, he lies um, just gives in to so much, uh, human desire. And in verse 14, David comes to God. And this is an example of where, um, not just God has been 
searching after us, but when God has an effect on our hearts, um, David says, I am in deep distress. He's talking to this guy named Gad. He says, I am in deep distress. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord for his mercy is great. David knows God. One of my favorite prayers is to have a heart like David, um, you know, earnestly seeking after the Lord, being a man after God's own heart. Um, God know, or David knows that God has immense mercy on those who earnestly seek after him. And it's not a permission to sin, it's, a, it's freedom from sin. But, um, yeah, you know, David is bringing this before him. He's just like, I've done all this wrong. This is when conviction sits in. When you're just like, oh man, I really shouldn't have said that. Oh man, I really shouldn't have done that. Um, I am in deep distress. Then do exactly as David says. He says, let us fall into the hands of the Lord, not into human hands. God knows, not humans. Do you have anything to... Uh, yeah, I mean, going back to what he was talking about with um, the conviction of sin, um, we've I've talked about this so much uh, in the past few weeks, and it's 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 the it's the fact if you cannot hear that voice anymore, that Holy Spirit inside of you um, speaking to you, saying, "Hey, that's not right. You shouldn't be doing this." Um, that's a very scary thing. Um, and I'm going to look up a verse here because I can't remember the verse um, off the top of my head. Um, let me see here. But it's talking about how God is going to give you up to a depraved mind. Um, and so what that means is if you want to go ahead and do that sin and you want to keep doing it and doing it and doing it, um, it it means he's just gonna he's just gonna give you up to it. So it says it, here Romans one twenty six through twenty nine. It says, for this reason God gave them over to a degrading passions. For their woman exchanged natural relations for that which is con contrary to nature, and likewise the men to abandon natural relations with women and burned in their desire toward one another. Males with males committing shameful acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error and just as they did not see fit to acknowledge god god gave them up to a depraved mind there you go to do the do those things that are not proper people having been filled with all unrighteousness wickedness greed and evil full of envy murder strife deceit and malice they are gossips okay so with that being said it's this is basically what god's doing here He's like, okay, you don't want to, you don't want to pay attention to me. You don't want to understand that um, I said that's not right, and yet you're still doing it. And I know it's not good for you, but you're going to keep doing it anyway. All right, go ahead and do it then. And then that—that's when that conviction goes away. That's when the—that's when the the when you're doing something, and that little voice is like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that, or I shouldn't have said that, or you know. Anything in that caliber, that that little voice inside of you, that Holy Spirit and Spirit inside of you, um, once that goes away, guys, that's a scary, scary thing. Um, and 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 like Ben was talking about, um, that that level of just not having that little voice in your head mm -hmm. is probably not a good thing. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, guys, I mean. Sinning, all sin is the same, but committing the same sin to the point to where you're not facing it anymore, um, or you're not acknowledging it anymore, probably means you've let the devil win. Mm -hmm. I was talking about this with my um, life group actually just yesterday. Like, if you're not sold out to God, you're still on sale to the devil. Like, if you're not earnestly seeking after trying to. Of course, all sin and fall short of the glory of God, but the point isn't to stay where we are, it's to spend every day 
rededicating and saying, God, today I deny myself, I take on my cross and I follow you. I'm denying myself of the worldly pleasure that the world offers. And I'm going to um, give you reign over my mind, body, heart, soul, um, like all the everythings. Um, and yeah, a lack of conviction almost shows um, a lack of spirit. A lack of conviction shows a lack of the spirit. Not that, you know, you can't be struggling with a sin or um, feel like, you know, you just aren't feeling convicted anymore. I had a conversation with another friend that felt a call to ministry, and she said um, she had spent time in prayer about why she wasn't feeling conviction anymore. And the Holy Spirit answered her in the middle of her prayer and said, um, you don't need conviction if you know it's wrong. Yeah. Um, this kind of reminds me of the conversation. Me and Ben had a conversation earlier today about um, Matthew 7, yeah. I believe it is, mm-hmm. um, where, where Christ is is talking about, about those that um, – they gave them a list of things they did. They said, God, they said, Lord, um, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Um, and Christ said, turn away from me. I never knew you away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, that is so powerful. And the reason why is because those people, when, when their day comes and judgment comes upon them, they're going to say all these things coming up to him with a list of things that they did good. And that's why he said, I never knew you mm-hmm. because if you were to, if you were to ask me what I would say, I would say, God, I, I, I had sinful. I was, I was sinful. I, I lied. I, 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 I had un, un I had a uh, premarital sex. I, I did all these things and Christ would look at me and he would say, not anymore. Your sin debt is paid for by me. All of those charges that I was convicted of are washed white as snow, free to go. He, he wipes his hands and says, you're free to go. Yeah. You can inherit my kingdom because nobody is to go to heaven and be like, Oh, but I gave to the poor and I did this and I did that. That defeats the purpose of salvation right there. Yeah. That's works. In fact, on the heels of that, you said give to the poor. Judas complains at the end of Jesus's life, at the end of Matthew's gospel, when um, Mary is washing Jesus's feet with expensive oil and drying it off with her hair. Judas complains to Jesus. He says, Lord, um, we could have used that oil to get and sold it and give to given to the poor. And Jesus says, the poor will always be among you, but I will not always be among you. Mm. Meaning there's always going to be problems in the world. There's always going to be strife. There's always going to be difficulty. There's always going to be heartbreaking things, but we will not always have the opportunity to um, surrender ourselves before Jesus. So it's important. Um, It talks about this in Matthew 24 about how, um, you know, the, you know, God is coming at an hour unknown. Um, He's coming to, you know, take back what is rightfully his. Um, so, you know, get right with God as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, I agree hundred percent. Um, and that made me, uh, go to, um, the book of second Timothy. Um, mm-hmm. what has Paul done in his life? Paul was once a man named Saul who murdered and killed Christians, martyred them, um, imprisoned them and did some very evil, evil, evil things. Right. And then a later part in his life, 
Paul comes to Christ on the road to Damascus. He is blinded by the Holy Spirit and renounces and turns to turns to Christ on in that moment. And if you go to chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, it says this. You know, or you, however, know all about my teaching, my my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me and Anatoc, Iconosum and Listeria, the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord res- rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. While evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Mm-hmm. Because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which you are able to make, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and in training in righteousness, so that every servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Right oh, yeah. there, boys. Right there, boys and girls. That, I mean, if that's not speaking to you right now, it really, really should. Because mm-hmm. right there, Paul is saying that these scriptures are God breathed and God given. And they're the only thing in this world that reads true and that they are there to help you for teaching, rebuking, training, and being equipped for anything in your life that you are going through. Mm-hmm. They're going to help you through it. And what, is, what does Peter say at the very end of 2 Timothy? I have fought the good fight and I have ran the race. Wouldn't that be so great? At the end of our lives, we can say that exact same thing. Yep. Because the race. if we're not saying that at the end of the life, at the end of our life, and we're looking back and we're like, I wish I would have prayed for that person and talked to that person and, and, and shared the gospel with that person that was struggling or, or been there for that person that was struggling. Like Matthew or like Paul said, we're gonna face trials and tribulations we're going to face persecution for the name of jesus we shouldn't be scared of that we should be if anything we should be prepared for it and being equipped for it and that's what paul is saying that this book does and so to it in your in your daily lives when you're going through something hard and difficult that's just a small little minute test and tribulation that we are facing and how are we going to, what are we going to use to get out of it? Mm-hmm. We watched the passion of Christ last night, powerful movie. Oh, yeah. And one picture that I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that was known was the picture of Christ who was beaten and I mean, tired. And I mean, almost just, I mean, he was bleeding out and he had to carry his own cross. And that paints a perfect analogy for our life picking up our own cross and going and doing things that not normally we would do, but we need to Mm -hmm. like shepherding other people. We as Christians are called to do that. Pouring into one another is another thing that we are called to do. Sitting down and having conversations like these, being able to sit down and just dive in the word together, experience the Holy spirit together. is just a magical thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Praise God, too. I mean, I'm often left in awe of just, like, my opportunity to even know God. Um, I had times, like I said, towards the beginning, like, I felt like turning away, and sometimes I did turn away. But, you know, God fought for me, and I'm so thankful now because I don't know where I would be without God. One of the main reasons I believe in um, God, believe that, you know, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. He died on that cross for me. He thought of me specifically when he was bleeding out, pleading to God, um, telling him that I knew 
not what I was doing um, was because he brought me through so much. There's no other answer than um, him. He is the way, the truth and the life. He's the way I got through um, all my hardship. He was true throughout all of it, and he gave me life. I wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I remember I was talking to somebody, and they asked me, like, what my testimony is. And I told them, I said, I honestly, I would say I have two. Um, the first, the first one being, you know, um, having come to Christ, but also realizing later in life that, uh, popularity and making friends is not everything. Um, and the second one is, um, when you indulge in, um, worldly, um, things and fleshly desires, it, it only cripples you and hurts you more and it changes you. Um, cause I found myself becoming a person that I was not. Um, over the course of last summer. And I've shared that with you guys. You'll know it. And I have learned from it so much. And like we talked about in the last episode, God picks you up and finds a way out of this, whatever it is that you're going through. Um, he finds a way. Mm-hmm. And even though it may seem like there's no way and you're at the end of your road, God all of a sudden says, hey, there's a trail over here. You can go around this mm-hmm. and, and we can get you on the other side of these trees. It's the same thing. God, you might have a plan for your life, but God's going to take that plan and either he'll fulfill it or he'll give you a new plan and it's for your future and for his glory. Because at the end of the day, all of his plans are for his glory and your benefit and to show you that he is in control oh, and not you. Oh, yeah. um, we're running short on time. Um, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode um, here in the next segment. Um, so, yeah, we're going to jump right into that segment. Alrighty, guys. I wanted to thank Ben so much for being on this podcast today. Um, he's an absolute blessing to to walk into my life here this semester and and looking forward to just the rest of, of college with him and, and, and hopefully the rest of the life, my life with him. Um, but if you guys are new here um, and new to this ministry, uh, this is the End Times podcast. We take headlines and things going on in the world and we relate them to the Bible and how uh, the Bible is actually living and breathing. And it is a walk. It is a literal testimony to everything going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the only true book that has ever been written. And it's the only book that cannot be made up out of the top of your head. It just can't. Um, but like I said, if you guys are new here, I would love to have you guys to keep listening, uh, listen to the old episodes. Um, it'll kind of catch you up to speed what's been going on in the world, uh, beforehand and then what's going on in the world now. Um, and if you guys are just interested in this kind of stuff, this is a great place for you to be. I'm no scholar. Um, I am just genuinely in love and do with doing this kind of stuff and sharing this kind of message with people. Um, and if you guys are not new here, you guys know the routine. If you guys know somebody that really needs to hear this, or you want to hear this, um, send this out to people. Um, this is, this goes on Facebook. This goes on Spotify. This goes on Apple music or wherever else you get your podcast. Uh, it goes everywhere. So, um, yeah, please feel free to, to share this with other people. Also, um, I just found out the other day you can leave messages uh, to, to people that record. I didn't know that. So there's a guy, I think his name is James Steele. Um, if you're still listening, sir, thank you so much for your message. That's such a blessing. Um, and then there was another lady. I'm so sorry. I forgot your name, but also thank you so much for your message. It's such a blessing to hear that. And I'm glad that, um, God is working in y'all's lives as well. Um, and also is, is getting y'all to, to listen to this. Um, it's very encouraging for me to, to pump out more episodes for you guys and, and, and to share with you guys. Um, but yeah, thank you guys. I really, really would love to hear about what you guys think. If I said something wrong, if there's anything that y'all need to tell me, um, feel free. Y'all are able to interact and, and share uh, what y'all think. Y'all can record y'all's own voice and then I can hear it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I can pray over y'all if y'all have prayer requests. Um, I think this is only a Spotify thing. So if you guys listen on Spotify, there should be like a little button you can go and interact. Um, so if you guys have prayer requests, anything like that, please feel free to share. 
um, because I will be praying over you guys. Um, And then I'm going to give Ben. Ben, if you want to say anything else uh, before we end the episode. Yeah, so thank you for having me. It's been an absolute blessing to have you in my life also. And to find out that he does this podcast and reaches so many people, touches so many lives, it's just an absolute testament to um, what God has been doing in uh, your life. Um, And, yeah, y'all just – Kyle, he is just – He's got so much knowledge about him. He's got such a fire and passion for the Lord. Um, getting to hear and talk to him about God is always refreshing. It's always, um, you know, I'm always learning something new. I'm always just pouring into our relationship with each other and how we're growing in Christ together. So um, he's absolutely a voice that you want in your ear. Um, and, yeah, just God bless y'all. May the Lord um keep you safe, um, keep you under his watchful wing um, or his comforting wing and his watchful eye. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Ben. Uh, it's so nice of you to say. Um, but also guys, um, like I was saying earlier, if you guys have an eye for this kind of stuff and being a watchman and wanting to warn your family, uh, warn your friends, your coworkers, anything like that, um, the end time headlines app is the one major app that I use to get my news sources Um, because they are are strictly through the news um, biblically. They're not like filtered or anything like that. It is strongly just biblically based news that you get. You're not going to hear any biases, anything like that. They're just going to be straight biblically news sources um, that are going to be hopefully a blessing to you guys and help you guys be aware of the times and seasons that we are living living in. So if you guys want to do that, go ahead and check out their website or download their app. It's on iOS or Android, uh, endtimeheadlines.com or endtimeheadlines, the app on your y'all's phones. Other than that, guys, I hope you guys have a blessed rest of y'all's week and God bless you guys.